the Minds of Meaning podcast. The Minds of Meaning podcast. A podcast where we grow together in understanding the unique ways that God has created us. Here's our host, Austin Anderson. Welcome to the Minds of Meaning podcast. I am Austin Anderson. For episode six, we're going to do a change of pace I'm going to share with you one of the sermons that I gave at the Willow Creek Young Adults Well Service on February 19th, 2021. Anxiety is something that we all struggle with in one form or another. For me, it's a battle that really took hold in my life in the summer of 2017 when I graduated from college. By God's grace, I am managing it well since then, but it is still something that I come across every now and then. I hope you're encouraged by this sermon. Prior to starting, I just want to make the point that even though many times in our lives that we think that hearing one more sermon is going to alleviate our anxiety, that is not going to be the case tonight, my friends. Some of you might just want to walk out the door now if that's what you're coming in here for. But what I am here to help you do is to get in the right mindset of how to be able to be combating anxiety on a day-to-day basis. Some of you all might be in a position like me where you have to take medications or go to counseling and do so a significant amount of times throughout the years. And as you do so, please note that A, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Because we want to, as Christians, we want to be able to connect with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But then two, it also will be a good, a good thing for you to do to help put you in the center of your mind as you try to worship our one only God. So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we start. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this young adult ministry, Father. It is such a privilege to be able to teach in front of all these individuals. Lord, please give us hope. Hope in your midst of anxiety, Father, knowing that you're in control. I also want to pray, Lord, that, you, that we will give ourselves grace. Grace that we're not going to be able to come out tonight and totally combat anxiety in our lives. We love you, Father. We thank you. And please, whatever comes out of my mouth, Lord, please be of you and nothing of anything else. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Faith kicked us off last time talking about Mark chapter 10. And a couple of things that she discussed in Mark chapter 10. One is that how God uses peace to combat the fears of the world. And then two, she looked at Mark 10, 35 through 45 and discussed how God is the ultimate servant we're trying to please and not people. Anxiousness usually comes in two certain forms. One element of anxiousness sometimes comes from things in the past, right? Things that could be of past experiences that could lead to anxiety. On the other side, some of us like to micromanage and try to control future outcomes, right? And try to control future outcomes in the future. Many of you Chicago Bear fans probably gave a sigh of relief when Carson Wentz was not traded to the Bears, <laughs> and instead traded in at his goals. So many things that we try to do in our lives, we try to control and micromanage and try to be more concerned in the future. For example, recently I was in a position where I needed to figure out how to complete this application for a doctorate program that I'm applying for. And as I did so, I began to just simply gather all the things I needed, but in the midst of that, I needed to find one last thing which was the compensation for this application or else it wouldn't be that good, right? So as I was looking for what would be a checkbook, you know, many of us don't uh, use checkbooks nowadays, and instead of, you know, most places can't take, like, cash app or anything, so as I'm doing this, I am looking for my checkbook for an hour, two hours, three hours, and before you know 
of me not being able to find it, there's a couple things that came to mind. In the midst of the panic and the anxiety, the first thought was, I'm not going to get into this doctorate program. The next thought was, oh my goodness, I can't find my checkbook, my name is going to get stolen, and one of my friends here from the well is going to take my checkbook and go to the Mercedes dealership and buy a car on my behalf. Jeez. Jason, I'm looking for you. <laughs> well, in the midst of all this, I still couldn't find my checkbook, and as I was doing so, I came to a point where all of a sudden I had a realization. A couple of things in the midst of the realization. One, the first thing I realized is that the application wasn't due for a whole other month yet. Two, the second thing that I came to realize is the fact that throughout trying to get this application together, there were many ways that I could financially compensate myself and protect myself from potentially any financial harm. As I was thinking through this further, I decided I should maybe get some financial counsel to overcome this situation. And my financial counsel told me there's a thing called a cashier's check. And what a cashier's check is, is it's simply, uh, it's a check that is one that is not uh, from a checkbook, but instead you just get it from the bank and you can turn it in and everything's figured out. But is it this kind of check, very, or the, the process of being able to talk to the financial counselor, very similar to how God knows anxiety in our lives. God knows things in our lives. We're trying to control so much of what we can do in this situation. I can't get by my checkbook, but alas, someone else knew more than what I did. And God, in every situation of anxiety, certainly knows more than what I did. So we're going to go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter 4. As I do, as we do so, whether you're just going to watch the screen or open your Bible or flip your apps or whatever you're going to do. While you do that, let me remind you that the importance of the Bible is so important in day-to-day -day lives as Christians. If we do not go to the Bible every day and consult God, we're not going to be in a position where we can fully embrace Him and embrace the community that we're a part of. So join me now in Philippians chapter 4. I use this guide from Max Lucado's Anxious for Nothing book. And Max Lucado is a very good Christian theologian and devotional guy. Probably all your moms know about him. And he is a great person that can help uh, help us the midst of anxiety through this book. And he has an acronym that has four parts. If we can see that on the slide. We have CALM. C-A-L-M. C. Celebrate God's goodness. A. Ask for God's help. Leave your concerns with him and M, meditate on good things. One more time, celebrate God's goodness, ask God for help, leave your concerns with him, and meditate on good things. Starting with C, see through celebrating God's goodness by recognizing how he is always there for us. God is always there for us. As it says in Philippians 4, 4 and 5, rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is here. Keep in mind that as Paul is writing this, he is in jail while he's writing this to the church of Philippi. So to think that he wasn't at least battling some thoughts of anxiousness was certainly, uh, would certainly be a lie. In addition, he says that true everlasting joy is joy that isn't going to be highs and lows of trying to feel happy and sad, trying to people please, and then go into moments of depression. And I'm not saying also we're going to have moments of that. But at the same time, we need to keep a mindset that God is sovereign and God through joy will give us everlasting peace. In verse 5, it talks about how the Lord is near. And isn't that so great, friends, that we know that the Lord is near. Every day, I find myself straying away from God, taking steps left and right, 
But even though I think I'm metaphorically moving away from God, in reality, I'm like the running man, right? I'm not moving, and God is right there, and I just need to turn my head. In verses 6 and 7, we learn more about A, which is being in calm by asking God's assistance in our situation. While in verse 7, L talks about how we surrender our desires to the Father. In verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then in verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all of your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God wants us to pray in these situations so that we can turn to Him. We recently talked about, in William Adults, in the book of Daniel, about how Daniel prayed for 21 straight days, and the Lord didn't grant what he wanted fully until that 21st day. Or how about, how about Jacob, right? You look in scripture and you see it took him two marriages of 14 years before he got what he wanted. But in both these stories, note, note that God was with them and that they were trusting God in peace through prayer. And then the M of this afternoon, I think, is the most important. The M is meditating on good things. As it says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. Well, that's like 20,000 things, Austin. How am I going to be able to do that in my life? Well, you take a few of them at a time and you meditate on them. So let's go through a few of them in different spots. Whatever is true, we know that God is truth. And we know that God is true, and through that, we can follow Him to decipher what is true in our lives. What the world's trying to tell us is that people, that they're trying to tell us that it's beauty, it's fame, it's, it's knowledge, it's other things that allow us as people on this earth to be of a true mindset. And that's not going to be sustainable, my friends. How about whatever is noble, right, or admirable? If we focus on our morality, we're going to be able to focus our minds on Christ. And by doing so, we can see how every interaction matters. If it's within a Christian circle and you're talking to maybe another brother or sister in Christ who's trying to come up to a position in faith similar to how long you've been experiencing the faith, that would be a situation of discipleship. If you're encountering someone that might be in a position of trying to find Jesus, that could be a position of evangelism. How about what, uh, the world, they try to counter nobility by efficiency, right? The world, throughout every single day and every single aspect of our lives, very much wants to go ahead with your day and try to find the quickest way to success. How can my next viral post on Instagram be able to get myself famous or on TikTok before I can have merchandise sales in the hundreds of thousands of weeks after life? In reality, friends, that is not a way of being able to feel true about yourselves. Because even if you have short moments of glory and fame, it's not sustainable. If you want eternal satisfaction, it's through our Father. Amen. How about whatever is pure? There are so many relationships and friendships in our lives that can be God-centered, and we should turn to those. But always be reminded that every single relationship of people in our lives is going to fall short of the Father. Mm. It is. And, and as much as we want to be able to be in community with others, we always have to make sure that God's in the center of that. In addition with purity, we got to be very careful, my friends, because what the world encourages about purity is not to be pure. So you turn on the TV, you turn on the internet, you turn on your phone, your apps, whatever, you can be so, so simply playing a game, and all of a sudden there's something, a new picture of someone comes up. 
or something very similar that's going to easily detract you from being able to serve the kingdom. Maybe it's intrigues, violence, vulgarity, whatever. There's always going to be something that the world's going to try to promote that's anti-God. And by building up accountability in your lives, whether that could be using accountability in different softwares or building up accountability in peers and community, which I'll refer to more in a minute, there is so much importance of gaining purity by going to God and the help of others. How about whatever is lovely? We, we love a God who loves us so incredibly much, but unfortunately the world distorts love. And my friends, I think love sometimes in the world today is tolerance and accept, acceptance. It's understandable, we all want to be accepted and we all want to be loved, but when someone as a non-Christian walks up to me or someone else and asks the following question, how do you love me, but you don't accept everything I do? And I sit there and ponder, and I didn't know how to answer that question until watching a recent sermon series uh, from a pastor named Mike Winger, and he was able to help show me right. he loves Mike Winger. Uh, and Mike Winger showed me that it's by loving God first, we need to love God first, and then by loving God first, we can love others. So we go to wisdom to God to tell the others. So even in that moment, you can tell them, well, brother or sister, I love you, but I love God first. And through that, he's going to guide how I love you. And that's the acceptable answer. So now we're going to transition into 1 Peter. So we talked about how in Philippians 4, about going to God's word to be able to combat anxiety. We're going to spend the last few moments of our talk talking about how through prayer we can do so. Join me in verses 6 and 7. We'll start with 6 of 1 Peter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty right hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Posturing yourself in prayer is a level of humility, right? So in verse 6, by going to humble yourself, by going down to the Father, even kneeling while praying can be a, a representation of you fully surrendering yourself while going to the Father. And that can be so important because pride is not how God's going to listen to us. It's not going to be, hey Lord, I love you, but I'm also so great. So, great, this thanks. That's not how it's going to work. So talking about verse 7, which we just mentioned, casting all our anxiety on him because he hears from you. It's amazing that a God of 8 billion people can love us in every single micro fraction of our lives. It's incredible. So I always ask myself, and I think a few of my accountability partners will ask me when we mess up in various ways, how do we keep doing this? How do we keep messing up and sinning in our lives? Well, it's, very, it's a very simple answer, and it's spiritual warfare. And it's spiritual warfare on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's very tactical. Satan is not a person or entity that's going to just do a very you know, nonchalant attack. He can twist little words and desires in our lives and change them just so that it can just be one little mistake or one little area of our life that does not get granted in the way that we are hoping for instead of God, our minds will turn. For example, in young adults, there's a few examples of how this could be. Maybe in, if you're a guy or a girl in a young adult and you're looking for a relationship, and, you know, Mary Sue has, you know, if, she, if you're a guy and you like Mary Sue, she's super cute, she's not everything for her, you approach her, maybe even go on a couple dates, doesn't happen. And Mary Sue says, sorry. That person can turn to God and say, hey God, why as a good God, you let me talk to such a good person, but it doesn't work out. Or maybe if you're in a situation that you're trying to get a job, or you're trying to get some sort of promotion, or some sort of other opportunity that you have, school, whatever in life, 
and you think you have the chance to succeed, it's God might be opening some of the preliminary doors and then shuts it. I recently had an application to a church job for a communications gig. Would have been great. Two application or two two uh, interviews in didn't happen. So I, I, I could go to God in frustration and this to that. But keep in mind this: What if God has something greater? What if God has something greater in the midst of all of this? That's good, man. What if He has the opportunity? What if there's a better, significant other that's sitting that could be approaching, coming in your life in the next five, six, however many years? What if you get that job that eventually down the line makes a lot more sense for your gifts and talents than that other thing? Or even what if God's calling you to a life of singleness so that you can further the kingdom and be rewarded better when you get heaven? The thing to remember is this, that God does say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and make all your understanding and in all his ways acknowledge him and make your path straight. But here's the thing, what God views as straight is direction, not a linear 180 degree line. So our lives might be twisting and turning in our eyes, but in reality, the big scope of things is a very direct route for what God wants us to experience. Let's go, bro. So to clarify some things that were uh, in our lives, we have to go to the Word in our prayers and be able to decipher what God says. We're going ahead to 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, which says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy is the devil and prowls around like a roaring lion, waiting for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. So by simply acknowledging that you are having issues and fears that you want to bring to the Father is a great first step. And it's a great first step because being able to articulate it can be a direct prayer. Let me give you an example. I have a counselor. I'm going to call him Bob for privacy's sake. Bob the emotional builder. Can he fix me? He will try. <laughs> so Bob, I sit down with Bob. And Bob, it's a normal session. He's like, Bob, what's your awesome? What's going on? And Austin says, well, hey, Bob, I have a project in school that I am unable to trust my coworkers in this project to complete. And I think we might have a bad grade when we get it done. He's like, all right, well, that's your concern, but it's three weeks down the road. So why are you anxious about it? And I said, well, if I'm anxious about it, because if I don't get this assignment done, I might go to class, which means I might not get into my next doctorate potential degree. He says, okay, what does that mean? Well, if I don't get into that degree, I'll feel like a failure if people won't accept it. Think about that. If there is, that's the key thing. It's not the fact that I wouldn't get this assignment done in the grand scheme of things. That is a super tiny thing. Mm. But in the big scheme of things, it's the big thing that I need to go to God with, and I've been doing this this past week, is asking the Lord, Lord, please help me realize I'm not a failure and a child of yours. And sometimes when we do these things, remember, when we take our concerns to God, it's actually a commandment to do that. It says in Matthew 6, 34, which is not on the slide, but just hear me out here. It says that, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So tomorrow, even tomorrow can be two seconds from now. Tomorrow is this figurative idea that it's down the line, right? Be focused and content and present in the Lord where you're at in this moment. Yeah. And sometimes, honestly, this is a struggle for me. I've had to make some different, difficult decisions in the last three weeks to provide my time to be able to rest in God. And I encourage you every morning to take five minutes minimum, but like how long you need to be able to go to the Father, reading and prayer and scripture to get your mindset to be able to be content. Also, a takeaway from this passage is that we're in a similar boat to 
on social media. It's very easy as isolated Christians, Christians in isolation, to be able to look at someone's profile and say, Patrick, Patrick has it all. He has uh, you know, all the cars and the fame and the girls, which is great. He has it all. <laughs> and Patrick turned around to me and said, uh, well, Austin's actually the man. He has his personality and wit and charm and everything else. Then come at these moments of isolation, because that's when the devil is going to twist our mind and twist our thoughts. Let's go, bro. Right? So we need that community in our lives. So I'm going to challenge you with this, all right, as we conclude. If you're new to the Will Adult Ministry, please take a moment and try to find Faith, Michael, myself, someone else who seems like they have, you know, an idea of what's going on, and try to find a way to connect. If you're someone who's been here for a while in Will Adults, May I challenge you to try to find someone new tonight or very soon and try maybe a steam trip Saturday and try to find a way to connect with someone new so that you would be in a position to help bring more people in the community because we need that more than most. All right? Let us pray to conclude before we go to the discussions. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for William adults. We're so thankful that we're able to commune tonight, Lord, as people and as united daughters and sisters in Christ. We love you. We thank you for this opportunity to meet and in the midst of the Father. Help our discussion time, Lord, for those who really need it tonight. Help them to be able to know that there is community, God loves them, and that there are people here who really want to be able to make them feel welcome and known as a daughter, son, and Christ. We love you, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this talk and are encouraged to continue to battle your anxieties that war against your soul. That is my prayer to you as you continue to go out into the world on a daily basis seeking to love and serve others. We will continue with our regular lineup of guests for episode 7 and beyond as I have a few individuals lined up who are excited to share what God is doing in their lives. And I can't wait to share with you these interviews. Thank you for listening to the Minds of Meaning podcast. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to the Minds of Meaning podcast. To learn more about Minds of Meaning, Visit MindsOfMeaning.com or Minds of Meaning on the mainstream social media platforms. God bless.